0: What an incredible day when it comes to Missouri politics and government. The governor of the state of Missouri has been indicted and now faces a felony charge. That's today's Missouri Viewpoints podcast. Extra bonus material coming your way in just a second. Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. Hey, I'm Mike Ferguson. Uh, This is an extra Missouri Viewpoints podcast, some bonus material here. Now, as you've probably heard, Governor Eric Greitens has been indicted in Missouri Circuit Court in the 22nd Judicial Circuit. A grand jury has indicted him on one count of felony invasion of privacy. This is a first-degree charge in this case, so it is a Class D felony. So what I've got here are kind of a list of what we know about the situation right now. Also, some observations that I've got as uh, somebody who's been involved in either media or in campaigns or in politics or even in appointed office for about 20 years. Now, I do want to caution uh, and just say one thing that, you know, this podcast here and my thoughts are just that. They're my thoughts. Uh, They're not the views of my employer. They're not the views of anybody who I work with on uh, the Missouri viewpoints for any sort of production. And things could change. It is about, oh, about 5.50 p.m. on Thursday, and he was indicted less than three hours ago. So what happens overnight or what happens in the coming days, we don't know. So whether or not my thoughts are outdated... We'll just wait and see. Uh, By the way, if you want to weigh in on this, give the Missouri Viewpoints Show Me Comment line a call. 314-266-5770. 314-266-5770. I'd love to know what your thoughts are on this. You can leave a message. We may very well use your thoughts on an upcoming Missouri Viewpoints episode. Okay, let me go ahead and get started with what we know. What we know, as I said, the governor has been indicted. One count, a Class D felony. He was arrested. And at least one reporter for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch tweeted out saying that he saw the governor in custody being led in the Justice Center by St. Louis City Sheriff's officers, multiple officers. Uh, If you want to see the governor's mugshot, just go to the Facebook page. Just look up Missouri Viewpoints on Facebook and you'll see it there. Now... The woman who is was involved in the affair, uh, she apparently did testify against him. Her initials are KS. Uh, I know what her name is. Just about everybody in the media and in politics, I think, knows what her name is. But for whatever reason, her name's not been made, made public. And if you're hearing some beeps right there, it looks like people are commenting on the Facebook page right now. Uh, but she did testify against him. Now, that's significant to me for one reason is that when St. Louis Circuit Attorney or City Attorney Kim Gardner launched her investigation, it was really unusual because there has not been a police report. Nobody called the police, nobody filed a police complaint against the governor. And the information came from this woman's ex-husband, who is a media personality in St. Louis. Uh he's a he's a on the radio. And he recorded her secretly without her knowledge just kind of uh, on his phone recorded the audio of him confronting her about her having an affair with Eric Greitens. This is before Greitens was elected governor. March of 2015 is when this happened. And the affair went on apparently after Greitens had decided to run for governor, but it ended before he was governor. So the ex-husband, now ex-husband, he was husband at the time, is confronting the woman on her cheating on him. And she wasn't aware she was being recorded, uh, and he took that recording to multiple media outlets in St. Louis. KMOV eventually ran with the story. At least one other turned it down. Of course, once they ran with it, it became headline news, and the rest is history that remains in the making right now. So the reason I say that her testimony in the grand jury is significant is because she never filed a criminal complaint against him with the police. Everything was essentially second-hand in a sense that she didn't say it. And as we remember, if you go back to the Clinton years, people say people lie about sex all the time. Was she telling the truth? Was she lying to try to tell her then-husband something that could save the marriage? I have no idea. That's all speculation. But the fact of the matter is, he took that against her will and against without her consent— To the media. I think that's why her name has not been mentioned in any media, at least as of the time I record this. So it is significant to me that she is listed as a witness in the indictment. It's just her initials, K and S. Uh, It looks like her ex husband, P.S., is listed as another witness, and then there's another witness with the initials of J.W., and I have no idea who that is. So the fact that she testified obviously carried a lot of weight, and it is different than what happened before. Uh, So the indictment itself has two parts to it. One is the accusation that the governor, well, then Eric Greitens, before he was governor, took a photo of her when she was basically tied up to some exercise equipment. She was topless or she was naked, one or the other, and he took a picture of her while she was blindfolded. Now, That part of the indictment says that she was photographed without her consent in a place where she could expect privacy. The other part of the indictment accuses the governor of transmitting the picture to some type of computer device where he could access it. He's not accused of sending it to anybody else. He's accused of saving the photo. Now, here's what's interesting on this. If you remember on a number of other media questioning the governor over the past few weeks, he's been asked a number of times, did you take that photograph? Did you take a photograph of her? He's never directly answered that question, but he did emphatically say that he never blackmailed her. But he didn't say yes or no to the question, even when pressed on it. So what does this mean? Well, we're in some uncharted waters for the state of Missouri, at least as far as I know. I mean our neighbors to the east, Illinois, they're old pros at prosecuting governors, but as far as I know, this is the first time a governor has been indicted or arrested in our state. I could be wrong, I'll do a search. If I'm wrong, I'll I'll own up to that, but I don't know that's the case. We've had a speaker of the House arrested and and prosecuted and convicted. But I don't know that we've ever had a governor do it. So the governor is no longer in custody, has been released on his own recognizance, which basically means we're not going to charge you bail. We know you're not going to run on us. And he's allowed to travel anywhere in the United States. He's supposed to be in Washington coming up to speak with uh, other governors. Uh, We'll see whether or not he goes or not. But What is the role now of Lieutenant Governor Mike Parson? Right now, it's a very tense situation. Would be my guess he is basically waiting to see what's going to happen with Governor Greitens. And as I'll cover here in a few minutes, Governor Greitens' attorney has indicated they're going to fight this. So as of right now, Governor Greitens retains full authority as governor. And you know what? As much as some people may not like hearing this, he should. He's been accused. He's been indicted. He has not been convicted, nor has he pled guilty to anything. If we say that we assume people are guilty until proven, or we assume they are innocent until proven guilty, then we need to take that to even the most extreme conclusion in this case with a sitting governor. An indictment is not a conviction, and it does not always take a lot to get an indictment. There is an old saying that if you're around lawyers a lot, they'll say a good prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich. You just need basically a preponderance of evidence that says that there might be something that happened and that's what it takes to get an indictment. Also, keep in mind, I'm trying to be objective here. The St. Louis city attorney is partisan. Kim Gardner has been accused of bringing politics into her decision whether she has or not i'll leave that for everybody else to decide but she launched her investigation as i said without an actual complaint by the woman and without any kind of police report to start that she heard about the reports in the media and then launched an investigation that is unusual it is legal but it is unusual so now let's get to the politics of the situation The reality is this, that despite the fact that the Republicans dominate the House of Representatives, dominate the state Senate, the governor has very few friends in either chamber. He's got very few friends in the House. He basically has no friends in the Senate politically. And once again, this is just my personal observations I'm not speaking on behalf of my full-time employer or anybody else who's affiliated with Missouri Viewpoints. My, my employer is not affiliated with Missouri Viewpoints, but any of the production uh, partners that I have for my, my show. Is it possible that the governor will be impeached? State Senator Jamila Nasheed has already put out a press release calling for impeachment proceedings to begin. Is it possible Yes, it's possible, but I don't think that's going to start anytime soon. Unless it appears that the governor is going to plead to some charge, make a deal, or if there's a conviction, I think then he would he would be forced to resign or be impeached, but as of right now, I would be very surprised if there is any move to formally begin the process of impeachment. And in fact, in my opinion, calling for impeachment right now is very premature and in all reality it's disrespectful to our judicial system and it's probably disrespectful to our political process as well and i understand there's room for disagreement on that so another question is this good or is this bad for the republican party well it's bad for the republican party to some degree but not as much as you might think Um, will they abandon him before the elections my guess is they they might But there's no way to know at this point. Keep in mind, we are talking. This is just hours old. As I record this, there's just no way to know what the political fallout is going to be. And as I just mentioned, not many representatives and and basically no senators are close to the governor right now. So they could easily in local elections distance themselves from the governor. When election time comes. So when someone tries to kind of tie the governor's actions or accusations against the governor, and keep in mind, he may very well be have the charges dismissed against him. He may fight it, go to court and, and be acquitted. We just don't know. But the reality is, is that when it comes to media and politics in this scorched earth era of politics that we have, is that accusations stick. Accusations ruin lives. Accusations ruin careers. The governor's already admitted to immoral behavior, to cheating on his wife. He's admitted to the affair. Now we're getting into whether or not it went beyond the affair and it went into blackmail and threats and photos without consent. But when it comes to election time, Keep in mind that statewide polling doesn't really matter. All that matters at election time is what do people think in your district? And most districts are either very Democratic or very Republican. There are a number of so-called purple districts where a Republican or a Democrat could win. It's a closely divided district, but there aren't that many of those in the state comparatively. And even in those areas where they are, if you've got a Republican in office it really, I think, would be fairly easy for that Republican to say, I am distanced from the governor. I, you're, you're not going to see a lot, of, a lot of pictures or a lot of accusations of the, the Republican representatives and senators being very close to the governor. So I think that that may not have as big of an impact as you would think at the local level. Again, God knows what's going to happen between now and the election. But let me tell you this, though. If there turns out to be Substance to these accusations. There could be an effect on the race for U.S. Senate just in terms of who's really fired up to get to the polls and who is somewhat demoralized and does not get to the polls. And I'm trying to temper everything I'm saying right now because we've got a lot of what ifs in this situation. And I don't like having those discussions, but I know so many people are having them. I'm looking at Twitter right now. My hope with this podcast is that we have some kind of baseline to say, let's look at this from a rational level. There are a lot of what ifs. There are a lot of questions. There are going to be more questions. There are going to be statements. There are going to be counter legal actions filed, all kinds of things like that. But the governor's lawyer indicates they are going to fight the charges. The lawyer said, and you can see this news article on the Facebook page, Missouri Viewpoint's Facebook page, from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch saying they are going to be filing for an immediate dismissal of the one charge. Now let's get away from politics and let's talk about policy. This could shut down legislation that's in the works. There is, in my opinion, nothing good that's going to come from a policy perspective with the governor going through this. For Republicans, high priority issues like tort reform, like school choice, like tax reform, this could... Make it far more difficult to get these things passed because you could have this conflict in both houses and conflict with the governor and a focus on this while policy matters slow down. Committee meetings are still going to happen. The the General Assembly is still going to meet. There will still be things voted on. But it is possible that this could really gum up the works for that. For things that are bipartisan, for instance, there are, there are members of the legislature on both parties who are supporting the effort to so-called raise the age, a criminal justice reform. Uh, there are uh, different issues where both Republicans and Democrats really just don't, they really kind of agree on it for the most part. Well, there is a time limit on the state legislature. Come the date in May, whenever the legislature is supposed to end, it ends. You can run out the clock on a bill. And and if the legislature is, is distracted and caught up with something other than legislation, that means that policies may not get passed even if there is widespread agreement on them or at least enough agreement to push them through for the democrats and some republican support for this things like tax credit reform uh, what people tend to call corporate welfare reform uh, that's got a lot of that's got a lot of support for some of the programs to be reformed or eliminated that's something that could also get caught up in this type of this type of conflict now that's not even touching the entire drama and conflict over things like the state board of education like the Missouri Veterans Commission. All of these all of these bodies that the governor directly appoints members to. The State Board of Education right now uh, is waiting on the governor to appoint members that the Senate confirms. The Senate has basically said they will not confirm his nominees. So what does that mean? Well, uh, you can go to showmeinstitute.org, which as a matter of uh, disclosure. I'm their communications director. I represent them as communications director. Uh, but uh, Dr. Susan Pendergrass is, has had a number of uh, thoughts on this. And basically what it means is that the few things the State Board of Education is supposed to do, they cannot do right now because they don't have a legal quorum. They cannot legally meet or make discussion or decisions. So let's look at a little bigger picture right now. What does this mean for state government? Well, the short answer is I don't know. But Speaker Todd Richardson has shown himself to be a very capable leader, whether you agree with him politically or not. He's shown himself to be a capable leader who has really kept cooler heads prevailing in the state house. And I've been involved long enough, and I've been, in the, I've been around the game long enough to remember when the hotheads used to be in the State House of Representatives. But Speaker Todd Richardson really has, has really grown as a leader to, uh, to really keep a lot of that from happening the way that it used to. The State Senate, especially the Republican Party, does agree on a lot of the issues but overall the governor is not popular and there are factions within the state senate the state senate is more contentious than the house at some point right now so i I can't think of a single state senator who has the governor's back right now just politically speaking and when you need friends in politics it's hard to make friends it's really hard for that to happen it's almost impossible for that to happen so Let's go back to some of those bigger questions when it comes to state government. Could this affect the 2018 races? Yes. Will it affect the 2018 races, local or state? I have no idea. And I'm telling you right now anybody who says they do know for sure what the impact's going to be at this point in the game, they're either delusional or they're simply lying. We don't know. Between now and August and now and November is an eternity. In politics, But let me close with this. I want to keep a few things in perspective. And, and I'm going to say right now, I've never met Eric Greitens in person, uh, even uh, through my days in radio in Kansas City and, and with Missouri Viewpoints over the past several years. He's actually not been a guest on any of my shows. I've never met him. I've never, never talked to him. So uh, I will, I will say this. We're going to survive as a state we're going to survive. We're going to keep fighting over, you know, different policies. We're going to keep fighting over, uh, you know, tax credits. And we're going, to, we're going to keep fighting over abortion. And we're going to keep fighting over tax rates. And we're going to keep fighting over different things. But we're going to survive. Whether Eric Greitens is guilty or whether he is innocent, and I would encourage everybody to say, if we trust our judicial system, then let it, let's go in with the mindset that he may be guilty, he might be innocent. And too often we make decisions on whether we think somebody done it based on whether they agree with us politically. I don't know if Eric Greitens took this photograph. I don't know if he transmitted it to a computer I don't know if he threatened the woman involved with blackmail. I just don't know. So I'm not going to presume to know whether he did. But we will survive. Governors come, governors go. We've had the uh, horrific situations of a governor dying in office. Um, Other states have had governors... Uh, resign or be impeached we've had a president impeached we've had presidents uh, we've had a president resign we've had presidents God forbid uh, be assassinated and we have a structure given to us over the years by the founding fathers that has grown over the years designed to withstand the worst of politics and in fact withstand the worst of man now whether It will always be that way. I don't know, but I am confident that no matter what happens, whether Eric Greitens comes out on top in this legal case, whether it takes him down politically, I have confidence that our state government will function and will get past this. So I don't think this is time to panic when it comes to our state government continuing to operate. I just don't think that it is. We're going to survive. Somebody else will be governor someday, whether it is next week, whether it is in two and a half more years, whether it is in eight years or seven years at this point. Somebody else is going to be governor of our state. They may be a Republican. They may be a Democrat, but somebody else is going to be governor. We're going to get through it. Now, I do want to add one more thing here. I've talked about the legal part of this what we know which isn't a lot I've talked about the politics of it which basically we don't know hardly any of what's going to happen or what the impact is going to be and we've talked about the policy matter and I've laid out some things I think that could happen but I want to caution us on a couple of things if I could be so bold one of those is that we're going to hear a lot of voices in the next days and weeks maybe months, who knows. Everybody seems to want to be a pundit. And I understand the irony. I'm kind of doing that right now. I'm trying to be more of an analyst, but everybody who wants to give an expert opinion is going to make a lot of predictions, bold predictions, and tell us exactly what it all means. We don't know what it all means yet. So one aspect of caution is keep all of the opinions in perspective. And it's not a bad thing that the opinions are out there. It's not a bad thing that there are radio talk show hosts, that there are pundits, that there are shows like Donnie Brook on Channel 9 in St. Louis, or Kansas City Week in Review, or Ruckus in Kansas City. Uh, it's it's not a bad thing that we have those shows. There There should be healthy discussions. Now, I do think some of the discussions we have tend to be unhealthy, but... It's not a bad thing that those opinions are there, but keep in mind that they are opinions. And we don't know what the political impact is going to be. We don't know what the policy impact is going to be. We don't even know what the legal impact is going to be for Eric Greitens himself. So let's all keep that in mind and take a deep breath and remember that the state's going to get through this. There is probably somebody writing the movie... For this whole story right now, and it's going to be on the big screen maybe sometime soon because there's so much drama and conflict involved in this. Who knows? But I also want to remind everybody, myself included, because I'm part of the media, is that these are people involved. Okay? Uh, Yes, Eric Greitens and the woman involved in the affair chose to have that affair whether or not he violated her privacy and her rights by taking a picture I don't know and we will will find out as the court system um, you know allow uh, makes itself available to that entire situation so there are social consequences there there are there are things that they're going to have to deal with but first lady sheena griggins hasn't done anything wrong as far as we know First Lady Sheena Gritens is somebody who right now I feel a tremendous amount of sympathy for and for reasons I won't go into here, empathy for. And I hope that at the very least that she's treated with respect, her children are treated with respect, and that they're left alone as much as can be reasonably expected. She's been cheated on by her husband. He's admitted that to the world. Her children are going to grow up knowing that any Google search of their last name is going to bring all of this up on a cell phone or a tablet or whatever we invent in the next 5, 10, or 15 years. And they're going to grow up knowing that that this has happened. And that's not right. And I would hope that my colleagues in the media treat Sheena Greitens, whom I've never met, and their children, properly. Politics is a blood sport, but combatants should be willing combatants. The governor chose to step into this arena. He knows what he got himself into when it comes to the scrutiny that you're going to face when you run for governor, and especially when you get elected governor. And he should face the scrutiny. He is the governor. I think that we should all, again... Ideally, in a perfect world, say, okay, there's an accusation, he's innocent until proven guilty. That's not how the world works, I understand that. But let's remember that there is a humanity to all of this. Politics is supposed to be about people. It shouldn't be just a matter of scoring the equivalent of points on a scoreboard to defeat or annihilate an enemy. We're supposed to be in this to make our state a better place. And to make government serve people or to make government stay out of our way when it's not supposed to be infringing on us. So let's remember that there are people involved here. And let's try to set an example for other states, for maybe even other countries, when there is a controversy this extreme on how we treat each other, how we treat the victims involved, and yes, how we even treat the accused. Now, whether Eric Greitens is found to be not guilty or guilty, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But for the meantime, we have an opportunity to show that as Missourians, we can do better than other places around the world, even around the country. We don't have to go down some of the rabbit trails and conflicts that other places have. We have seen some terrible things in our state when it comes to conflict, racially and politically and and things like that. We don't have to do that. So I'll go ahead and close with this and I'll post this on the Facebook page and I'll post this in other places. I'll go ahead and close with this, is that remember that this is a moment in time. There will be a tomorrow where this is in the past, that this is history. We can choose to learn from it or we can choose not to. That'll be up to us. But we will get through this and we can still hope for the best and better days. We still have things to accomplish. Our lawmakers have things to accomplish. Our local leaders and our local communities and our churches and our families, we all have things to accomplish. So we should watch this. We should be interested in what's happening. We should be concerned by it. We should pray for our state. We should pray for everybody involved. But we shouldn't fear because there is a dramatic crisis happening within our state government right now. So I'd love to know your thoughts on this. You're going to like some of what I said. You're going to not like some of it. I understand that. But uh, thank you for listening to this Missouri Viewpoints podcast. I'm Mike Ferguson, the producer and host of Missouri Viewpoints. Please go to the Facebook page, Missouri Viewpoints. Like the page. Get involved in the discussion. Uh, we're getting a lot of comments on there. There are some comments on there. I suspect we'll have more as the stories continue to unfold. MissouriViewpoints.com is where you can see all of our previous programs, And you can follow me on Twitter at MFergusonMedia. Thank you so much for listening, and I welcome your feedback. You can uh, connect with me through the Facebook page, through Twitter, or you can email me, Mike at MissouriViewpoints.com. Once again, I'm Mike Ferguson, and we'll talk to you again some other time.